Afternoon, Jen. Afternoon. Afternoon, everybody. Oh, can't hear the <laughs> can't hear the voices in in response. All the cheers, the clapping. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm very very hot. We've chosen to do this on the hottest day of the year so far. Probably yeah. Thirty six degrees last time I checked. Oh God. Which means it's only going to get warmer because we're still early on. Another couple of hours of heat, rising temperatures. We've turned the fan off for the occasion. Well, for the podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's the occasion. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So a bit of a bit of an unusual one today, isn't it? Because uh, we're not going to for- with we're not going to follow the usual format. We're going to throw it to the wind. Yes. And instead, well, there is not much wind actually, but mm. instead, we're just going to talk about the sinner. Season three, so I should at this point point out <laughs> that um, if you haven't watched the season three, stop listening. Yeah. Go and watch it, and then return with your thoughts and reaction responses in however long it takes you to watch it. There yeah. will be loads of spoilers in this. Yeah, we're not leaving anything. So we watched it quite quite recently. It. I have forgotten most of it, but that's just more about me. Um, but I see Jenny you've done lots of uh, I've got notes research. about the plot so we can remember when things happened because it is all a bit of a blur now okay so spoilers Sinner season 3 if you haven't watched it go back and watch it now yeah. so um, right, I don't know Jen what, what's the first thing well, you want to say about I've it I've just got a little bit of background on it um, in case people are listening to this thinking that they might not watch it and just want to hear about it or what? Um, I don't know what sort of madness is that that might happen some people listen to things about films that they just can't bother to watch crazy well, yeah so this was originally commissioned as just a mini series for Netflix it was only meant to be one series eight episodes done but it was so successful that they decided to change it into an anthology series which means that each series is its own standalone story and the one character running through it is Detective Harry Ambrose who investigates crimes committed by unlikely culprits and there's always far more to the story than meets the eye. I must admit, what's his name, the actor? Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, he's brilliant, but I must admit, after having watched season one of The Sinner, yes. I thought that was it. I thought, well, that's complete conclusion. There's nowhere else this can possibly go. Yeah. And so you do have to suspend that sense of reality that these events all happen in his neck of the woods yeah three times over yeah although there is a bit of geographical movement for season three isn't there a little bit bit further away yeah so he throws himself into these investigations he is well in season one when we when we meet him he's quite an interesting detective in the sense that we see a lot of, of his personal life maybe more than we'd like to see it's got from memory he's got a bit of fetish yeah he likes to be dominated by women he visits there's a woman that he actually visits for these purposes but he is married and with his wife he was yes he was that's different by season three but yeah he was married i forgot about that actually he was married but yeah it's a little bit a little bit weird seeing his personal life like that pretty much all tv and film detectives are troubled in some way yeah yeah his is a bit his. his is a bit yeah more pronounced yeah I can't actually remember like the breakdown of his marriage and whether that's to do with their relationship falling apart just generally or if it's down to the job 
Because I, I can I imagine think he throws himself into these It's cases. an accumulation, isn't it? They were having That's trouble right. from the very beginning, and you know he was trying to... He was back... That's right. They'd moved. They'd separated. They'd got back together again, and he was oh, like, was a trial, wasn't yeah, it? Um, giving it another go. But it was, you know, de- yes. doomed. Yeah. But second and third season, I feel like much more of a focus on the case. There still touches on his personal life because obviously, you can't just see the cases that he's doing. You see him going home and interacting with family and stuff. He doesn't have friends really we meet his co-workers and even then not necessarily friends he's got his boss who kind of understands or tries to understand his methods and the fact that he really throws himself into these he investigations does dance to his own beat oh yeah he but doesn't he is, follow rules <laughs> he is very successful he is yes ultimately uh, he successful is. at solving cases not successful career-wise because no. but he's not interested in that no he takes on these obscure cases um, the case we're going to talk about, everyone else is prepared to just throw it off as, oh, accident, done. He's the one that says there's more to it, I'm going to investigate. So there's so the, the premise is these, on the surface, cut and dried events, like the first season, Jessica Biel, wasn't it? Who's yeah, Jessica Biel who starred in it, she's now a producer for the show. She, in the first season, am I right, she just s- stabbed someone to death on the beach? Yes. In front of in front of everyone there, yeah. including her, her fiance, husband, yeah. boyfriend, so someone. That's, that's pretty cut and dry in it, you know. But yes, it didn't turn but out he like insists that. on delving into her past. He realizes he wants to know what the trigger was, yeah. and he talks to her a lot and uncovers a lot from her childhood, her later teenage years, and and ultimately finds out why she did it. He never tries to say that she's innocent. She's not. And it does make sense. Yeah, what he uncovers. Yeah, and he just wants to know why. It's uh, season one of the Senate. I mean, I can see maybe they they were taking a bit of a chance with it, but it, it was brilliant. Yeah. And season two was brilliant. Yeah. Season three. I still love season three. I think I think from from watching it, we found more problems maybe with season three because of how committed Detective Harry Ambrose is to solve the investigation and do it in his own way which puts himself and other people in danger and it's not there are certain there are definitely as we go through the plot there are questions that we have about certain characters and their actions and certain things could have definitely been avoided if you follow protocol i found it difficult you really did yes i found it difficult to believe what i was watching yeah um whereas the first two seasons i did i believed what was happening as far-fetched as it may have been if you didn't have the context even with the context for this one I thought oh please just buck off <laughs> sorry excuse my my la- <laughs> I think that, we can bleep that maybe <laughs> that, that was my um, that was my response to I did enjoy yeah. it because I love his character he's good I like Bill yeah. Pullman he plays him Bill really well Bill Pullman is great real tortured soul <laughs> and um, I, I'm presuming you know, what's the name of the other guy the, the Made the, the antagonist, if you like. Um, so Jamie Burns is played by Matt Bomer, who you know from White Collar, and he's also been in American Horror Story, which is where I'm guessing he's become quite popular. I thought now. he said he was in Glee. He was only in one episode, I found out, so I just remember him from one episode. I thought he was in more, but oh. apparently not. So American Horror Story, he's been in two seasons of that kind of a recurring character, so that's where people might have seen him before. And White Collar, he's in every episode, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's 
Yeah. He's he, the, is he the main guy? Well, there's two, well, there's two of them, but he's, yeah. He's one of them. Yeah. And that's what ran for years. Yeah. And so it's, Jamie it's, Burns is our... And this is a very suspect. different role he's playing. Well, yeah, he's on the wrong, the wrong side of the law, I suppose, yes. But he's... I've just found his character just... I think someone tweeted the, the phrase utterly ridiculous. <laughs> and I just, I, yeah. I just have, I find it very difficult to disagree with that. And, True. And that spoiled season three. Now, look, I think there's a season four coming up. There is, it's confirmed. And I will watch it. Oh, of course. But it's got a clawback. Yeah. Not that it needs to prove anything to me. I'm sure they don't lie awake at night thinking that podcast that has you know, five listeners. Five? Why have we gone down? Since last week. How many was it last week? Like ten. Ten. Well, at least in double figures. That podcast that has tens <laughs> of listeners, really, we really need to make sure that they give this season four a positive uh, review. Yeah, we're paying our Netflix subscription <laughs> on the <laughs> to basis watch this. of, <laughs> amongst other shows, <laughs> other shows are available. So right. Yes. Okay. Uh, other other notable cast that I'm going to talk about is. Um, Chris Messina plays Nick Huss, who is Jamie's friend and ultimately is the reason that Harry Ambrose is investigating. Well, he's an old college friend, isn't he? And he, he's out yeah. of his life for about 15, 13 years or something. And, and he comes suddenly back. turns up on the doorstep, much to Jamie's well, shock and dismay. Not, well, initially. Well, so, so we thought. Well, he's shocked to see him there at, at, and his, it house. Trans- at his house. Yes. It transpires that. We'll talk about this, but it transpires that they have seen each other more recently. As in the f- those last few days? Yes. And and Jamie had specifically told him, do not come to my house. Talk us through their relationship in college that we learned through yeah, so various flashbacks. They are in a... I think it's a philosophy class that they meet in because they talk about Nietzsche and they talk about um, Nietzsche's uh, concept of the ubermensch, which is being fascinated by the ideas of the goals that humankind can set for itself and the limitations that maybe we put on ourselves as humans. And in one of these flashbacks, um, Jamie is shown to be challenging something the professor says, and Nick jumps in and says something which actually agrees with what Jamie was talking about. And they form this, they form this friendship and you know, they seem to have a lot in common, they get on really well. It's like two outsiders who found themselves yeah. found each other. Yeah, and they feel they feel very comfortable around each other and this leads into Nick becoming quite controlling. And although this is a friendship, Jamie finds himself depending on Nick and following Nick in these outrageous things. Well, the dynamic is off. Yeah. It basically involves Nick wanting to push themselves to the limits and take more risks. And these often involve life-threatening situations. And Jamie eventually decides he needs to cut ties with Nick because it's become too much. Well, if you've ever watched the Diceman, or read the Diceman, um, which I have not. What's his name? The author? I can't remember. Can't read it here. Luke, something. Do I need to get up? Not ringing a bell. Anyway, the Diceman, <laughs> where where um, this middle-aged, bored, um, suburban living lawyer I think is decides to shake things up and he writes down six options of things to do and he, he attributes each option to number one two three four five six and throws a dice and whatever it falls on he does it now he starts off with five tame options 
and one risky yeah and it escalates from there it's a brilliant read it's dark and twisted and you, you know I wouldn't recommend reading it if you're a nice delicate flower however <laughs> if on the other hand you're a thorny prickly old sod like me well then uh, the diceman would be right up your street and in Sinner they do the same thing what do you call it's that thing it's a, it's a paper fortune teller paper for, damn, there's another there name is for a name it. for it I couldn't find it though some oh, people yeah, call yeah, it a, whirl, a whirlwind or something yeah. like that um, it's like you know the, it's like the you put it on your fingers tri- and triangles you and squares and options yes, and, and you pick a number and you open it up one then close it again open it up the other way two open it up again three and you unfold the paper that's a lovely demonstration Jenny I mean, yeah I had to do it to myself <laughs> to check what I was what I was saying and you lift the flap and then it will you pick you pick numbers initially and then once you've settled on your numbers you fold you unfold a part of it and something will be underneath and Normally, when, when you're younger, you did things like, uh, like it might tell you your. It, would, it was meant to be to tell your future, but it'd be something so tame, like you're going to have a puppy or two and going, a half children. Two and a half, okay, maybe maybe on yours, um, and Nick's obviously went much further, including arrows to show where they should be walking to, the direction they should be going in, and they find themselves themselves on bridges or on edges of buildings and if the arrow said step forward down that's what you were supposed to do and it was all about that thrill and jamie cut ties with nick before well, why did jamie cut ties what was their don't you remember what their ultimate because dare nick, was well because nick wanted to kill no oh i don't remember this it's no. not in the plot so i don't know no they they dug the hole Oh, that thing! Yeah, they they thing. dug yeah they dug graves for each other and they buried each other alive and it was a trust six feet game. six feet under but it had a tube yeah a hose a, that you could then uh, breathe through and it was a trust game and after however many hours you would be the other person would take the other person out um, and that's and the first time they did that um, Nick obviously buried Jamie yes and but then whipped the breathing hose away from him and Jamie was terrified yeah and then. They're back in the dorm. Um, Jamie attacks his, uh, his his roommate in the oh, university. Oh yeah, I've forgotten that. I've forgotten that part. And happened. that's why. And then at that point, then their relationship, because they were kicked out of college, their relationship ceased at that point. That's the reason their relationship yeah. ended. Nick, yeah, Nick wanted to keep going further, yeah. and Jamie realised he. He couldn't do that. He couldn't put himself at that risk. So they have then separate lives, and so Jamie... they're living separate lives. Jamie becomes a history teacher at I think it's a private girls' school, yeah. like very well um, established. He's married, and they're expecting their first child, and it looks it looks idyllic. But then Nick shows up because the they they just moved to the. Jamie wanted to move out of the city because they're expecting a kid. Yeah, and it would be better for them. Yeah. And so they're living, I don't know, about an hour outside of New York, is it? Yes, it's suburbia, isn't it, somewhere? I can't remember where. Uh, But we realise later on that Nick shows up on the doorstep, but that is prompted by Jamie calling him a few weeks earlier. And Jamie admits that he misses that risk in his life. His life has no meaning. It's mundane, yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's got a steady job, he's got a relationship, and he wants something to shake things up again. He feels nothing. That's what he says, yes. He comments to Nick that he feels nothing. And Nick, obviously, is more than willing to take his partner back. And Jamie does not expect it to be that 
the case that Nick turns up on the doorstep and Leela, his wife, just unknowingly invites him in because she's nice and she says, oh, we'd love you to stay for dinner. She's never met him before. No, she's never met him and Nick's asking quite prying questions. Oh, hasn't Jamie ever mentioned me? Has he told you about what he was And like we have no college? idea who he is at this point. No, we really uh, know watching nothing it, about him. We know nothing. We, this, all this n- knowledge comes to us via flashback. I think yeah. Jamie recounting certain events to certain people, maybe the detective Ambrose in particular. Yeah. We learn about what actually happened. But by the end of that first, this is just the first episode, by the end of the first episode, Jamie and Nick end up in the car together and we see the car wreckage and Nick is dead and Jamie has survived the car crash. And this is where Ambrose comes in to investigate and Harry is determined that there is more to this than meets the eye because they go and look at the car wreckage and the handbrakes pulled on. Well, before that, it's where the car car crash takes place. Yes, that's true. It's on a road leading up to... Only one house. Yes, Sonia Barzell's house, played by Jessica Hecht, who you might know from Friends. She played Susan, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, Breaking Bad. She's been in a lot. She lives there very much isolated. She's an artist. She's, she's the only house at yeah, that road. So she lives why? there very secluded, and she claims that she's never known these men before. She's shown pictures, and she says she doesn't know them who, who they are, which she doesn't. We don't necessarily. Be, we're not sure we're not about sure her at that, that point, point, though. But actually, she, she is. She is. She looks like a bit of a shifty character. It's the sort of character she plays quite well. She comes across as quite meek at times, and she can be. She can be quite bold. But we aren't sure whether she's really telling the truth. But she takes a great interest in the investigation. Well, because she's started. genuinely worried that they were trying coming to kill her. Yeah, she and doesn't she's know why they'd be. Well. Yeah, she doesn't know why she'd be targeted of all people. So when Harry goes to look. Uh, with someone else from the precinct he goes to look at the at the car wreck and he realizes that the handbrake has been pulled and obviously that would cause the accident and there's blood in the car which well, i don't think they'd noticed before well, no, and the, it's on the wrong no no side. the blood's on the mute on the stereo that's it yeah it's there's like, well, blood why, why have they turn the music on after they've um, yeah when someone's crashed. bleeding clearly uh, it's quite a gruesome death for Nick. He goes through the windshield and, of the car. And they find the mobile phone, but the ha- it's um, completely clean of fingerprints. So there are a few they little... They near the crash site. There are a few little um, question marks that each on their own might not raise too much of a red flag, but together it paints a picture of this. there's more to this than meets the eye. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, in the flashback, we see that in the car, Jamie is begging Nick to turn the car around because Nick says, no, this is where we're going, this is where we're heading. We, don't, we still don't know why, but we see Jamie cause the crash because he doesn't want to do whatever Nick's planning. And once Jamie staggers out of the car, miraculously unharmed, I guess it, I, I can't remember, we, we said at the time Nick wasn't wearing his seatbelt. Yes, yeah, and we seat thought that Jamie had actually taken the seatbelt off because that would be a good way to kill someone. And he basically just watches Nick bleeding and it transpires then, that he just well, lets him die. He doesn't But they have a moment because yeah. Jamie and Nick both are in the moment. and Nick This is, is the ultimate risk. Nick is embracing his last moments yeah. alive. Yes. But that's not the end of Nick. Oh, no. Um, so, second episode comes around. 
Jamie is still maintaining his innocence. It's a tragic accident. He's lost his friend, albeit someone who's now turned up 15 years later. But he's bloody glad he's got out of his life because yeah. it was getting out of hand pretty quick. Yeah. But Jamie continues to see visions of Nick wherever he goes. Very, very lifelike, vivid, very scary for him. Nick talks to him. Nick interacts with things. Uh, it's it's not nice for Jamie at, at all, which but point, who can Jamie talk to? At which point Jamie's baby's been born and Nick even holds the yeah, baby that's no, in episode 3 yes. yeah, even holds the baby at some point yeah and Jamie completely freaks out and Leela doesn't understand what's going on this poor woman who's just given birth and well, now her think, husband's just gone off the rails they think he's breathing they, yeah they think he's genuinely like having panic he's having panic attacks anyway but they think that's happened because he's been in a tragic accident he's watched someone die how awful but Harry Ambrose is not convinced. He he believes that there's more to this, that Jamie and Nick have met up before that night more recently and they, they find they find CCTV footage where they've been in a restaurant and even from the footage you can see that Nick has a really negative control over Jamie. I can't remember if it's in this in this scene, but it's when he gets up. He stabs his hand. Oh yeah, he, he makes Jamie pick up a knife and drives the knife into his hand and, and Ambrose doesn't know how he got that injury, but we see what happened. And he also he also goes up to a table where there's a couple, they're on their phones, and he drops their phones in their, in their drinks just to start something to cause a bit of a scene. Um, well, well he's, he's fed up watching people not live. Yeah, that's what he says, isn't it? And it's during this meal that Jamie admits he doesn't feel anything and he wants he wants Nick's help in a way. Meanwhile, the woman, Sonia, she discovers something on her property. She's got big land around her house. The artist. The artist, yes. What does she discover? A, the gra- a, a grave. Yeah, a grave freshly dug with a shovel and a jacket hung on the shovel. And again, Harry is convinced that Nick and Jamie had something to do with it and Jamie denies all knowledge says no that wasn't us that's nothing we were driving we crashed that's it but it was them it was them and they were digging a grave and the argument in the car that led to the crash was down to the realisation Jamie's realisation that Nick actually has planned the murder of Sonia randomly not because they know anything about her just uh, and they're going to bury they're going to take it one step further the implication is that Nick has already killed people. He admits it. He and says he wants that he's Jamie to feel yeah, that and experience that. He admits. I don't, is, I don't remember if he says how many people he's killed, but well, even just the one. Which is why enough. he's happy for Jamie not to phone the ambulance when he's dying himself, because it's his like last gift to to Jamie. You're going to know See, now what it's like there. to let someone die and Jamie hopes that with Nick dying all their secrets will die with Nick and he can return to his normal and life. his own illness yes he believes that he can be be free as it were but we talk about Jamie and Nick met at college and before they met Jamie had a roommate who he later attacked and he said his demeanor completely changed when he met Nick he became a completely different person and Uh, Jamie continues in the present day having panic attacks and really struggling and he actually reaches out to Harry for help he he sees in Harry a kindred tortured spirit yes and vice versa and he thinks that Harry will actually take you know take pity on him and and help him he doesn't think that take Nick's place 
well, yeah, maybe not at this point, but he, he just thinks that Harry will help him and that it's not going to be in a law enforcement capacity. It's going to be, as as you said, a kindred spirit, a friend. But when, uh, when Harry takes him to be psychologically evaluated and Jamie's being asked questions, he worries that this is going to be a forced confession. Why, why are you feeling like this? What happened? And so he flees and runs into, well, runs, drives, I don't know how far they are. He basically ends up in upstate New York. Is where, or New York, he ends yeah, up, New York. doesn't he? New York, downtown, New York. I was reading that, sorry. Upstate in upstate New York is where live. the accident was. Yes. Sorry. So then this leads Harry tracking Jamie around New York. They've got a tracer on his phone. And we were going to read through the entire plot. Yeah, because we've already jumped ahead. I'm yes, trying to do things in order. No, that's the idea. It so, is, it is, it is jumpy. It's not in order in there. Well, yes, I know, but there are certain events you have to do in order. Well, go on then. What? <laughs> We're in New York. This was probably one of the episodes where I think we started having a lot of questions about why don't we just arrest this man? Because what happens when he gets to New York? Well, the, I mean, well, well okay. He's so, obviously unhinged. Yeah, he. Well, he ultimately he kills. He kills someone, so I'll get straight to that. Yes. He he his that that night in New York ends with him killing um, the medium. A, yeah, just so he went. He met a student he used to teach, and he went. They went. She invited him to a house party in New York, and he eventually turned up there with Harry Ambrose. So at this point, they caught up with him, but it was chaperoning him on the night because he wanted to make sure he didn't harm. He knew he was going to kill someone. Harry knew that, uh, what's yeah. his name? Jamie, Jamie. Was going to kill someone. So he thought he, his logic was, if I stick with him, he can't kill someone. But of course he lost him twice. First yeah. time he lost him, he ended up car chasing him through New York yeah. Street. Um, which, Running red lights as part of his which, which was an excuse. At this point he should have arrested him for that. Yes, but he didn't. definitely. Instead what he did, which was just ridiculous, he drove him back to his house and then waited outside his house in a car where he promptly fell asleep because he took a few painkillers whilst he was asleep Jamie buggered off back into that house party and killed someone who he took a dislike to earlier and then came back back home before Harry even woke up again yeah um, well the reason Jamie kills the medium is because Jamie has a reading first of all where the medium says you have someone who's very close to you they're attached to you and he refuses to go further and Jamie is so intrigued by what he says that he goes back and he confronts the medium and the medium again ends the session prematurely but he starts saying things that Nick would have said and he doesn't want to go into what Jamie wants to know is where is he going on this self-destructive path what does he need to do and when the medium doesn't give him answers, he kills him. But it's exactly, it's something that we've been waiting for, Harry's been waiting for, and he's just been allowed to go back into the city, kill, cleans up at his job and returns home and his wife comes down in the morning and finds him holding their son. And it's just bizarre at that point because surely there, there were grounds to arrest him and it just doesn't happen. But... um because Leela obviously being at home, new mother, she's very aware that Jamie isn't okay. She's worried for him and she's worried for their relationship. But Sonia actually takes it upon herself to use 
the information that Harry has given her, because they're forming a bit of a connection and intimacy there, she uses that information and actually goes to Leela's shop and tells her everything that Harry has told her about Jamie and his behaviour. Including the murder. Including the murder. Well... Even though... Do we know? We don't... Yeah, we, it's never proved that it's him at that point, but we... Obviously, Harry thinks it is and just says it. And Leela then kicks Jamie out because she's so scared for her and her child and obviously who who wouldn't be Jamie's obviously infuriated by this because he thinks that Harry and him have this connection like he and Nick did this mental connection where they might have each other's backs they might understand why they do the things they do and instead he turns up at Ambrose's cabin which is very secluded in the woods away from everyone else and tries to provoke a fight with him in front of Eli who is Harry's grandson and he he wants Harry to you know he wants Harry to fight him he wants I don't know he what he just wants that connection and he thinks that that's going to help and he does later leave but Jamie then goes on to stalk Harry and Sonia because he realizes that they are dating and I don't think he's necessarily infuriated by that but now he can see the one well, no, I think the information, he, he, he where the information's come from he feels betrayed by Harry because Harry um, recorded a confession that he'd made and um, and then he see, Jamie at that point seeks out on a mission for revenge against Harry he thinks like you said he think Jamie thinks that Harry and him have got this yeah bond well so much actually, so that they actually do the grave the trust test yeah well Harry's doing that to basically he wants to get, get a confession out of him and Jamie writes the confession but says to Harry, if I bury you and I hold up my end of the bargain and uncover oh. you, you burn the confession. Let's just revisit that. Which Harry agrees to. You're a detective. <laughs> you know this guy has done his crimes, he can't prove it. Mm-hmm. You've just got him to write a confession, signed. Admitting to the murder. Yep. Yeah. Um, case closed. No, not for Harry. You arrest him there, and at that point, that's that's, yeah, that's where it lost me then. Yeah, so it's very bizarre. You see the end of the episode, Harry. That is, it's a coin toss situation. So it could be that Jamie is buried by Harry, but of course, it turns out that Harry is the one getting buried. The hose is in place. Jamie explains how the breathing tube works, and then pulls it at the last minute, and that's the end of. So Harry's in the hole. They put boards above him first. Give him like a bit of an air pocket, yeah. and then all the and six the feet of earth is thrown on, is chucked in on top of that. Yeah. Um, and we, we realise that he's in there for eight like six, hours. Six, oh, right, eight hours. Eight hours. And um, he has all sorts of hallucinations. He thinks he's dying. He thinks Jamie's double crossed him, and he's leaving him there. His battery signal. Well, there is no signal on his phone. No, the phone dies. Um, and then he has all these hallucinations. You know. It's some kind of cathartic near-death experience for him and he comes out and he is he burns the confession the written confession he's to in front of Jamie he's almost grateful he's quite emotional he's thinking this has actually been quite an incredible experience and Jamie's buzzing because he's got his kindred spirit and all of that yeah. But also the while that Harry's actually been recording their conversation. Yeah, and the other thing Jamie 
refers to is that he said that when Nick was driving towards Sonia's house that night, Nick's intention was that Jamie should kill Sonia, and Jamie says, that's why I caused the crash. I had to do it because I couldn't go that far. Uh, and Jamie, Jamie later leaves and we see Ambrose has recorded it all on his phone and Jamie's arrested finally <laughs> and you think okay we might be getting somewhere but unfortunately um, Jamie's lawyer persuades a judge to rule the confession inadmissible and so Jamie is released and is now out for revenge. He goes back home and Harry Ambrose has told Leela to get a restraining order so that Jamie can't enter the home which only angers Jamie more but Harry thought that was a done deal, that he'd never have to deal with Jamie again. Jamie would be behind bars. And now he's out and he's so free. first thing he does is he goes after Harry Ambrose's colleague, his boss. Is it his boss? Yes. And he on kills him course. on the golf course. Then he goes after Eli. He picks Eli up from school or somewhere. On yeah, the way he home, does. On yeah. the way home from somewhere. Um, at which point Harry Ambrose has been trying to get through to um, Eli's mum, Harry's daughter mm -hmm. but and it has spoken to her and they realize as they're talking that Eli is missing um, and then he goes to Sonia's, Sonia's and he attempts to kill her but she tries to talk him down Harry's but... Harry's the police are nearby and they alert Jamie and he goes he takes off again and he ends up back in Harry's house with Eli because um, everyone's out looking for Eli. Yeah. But all the time they're back in Harry's house. And he threatens he threatens to shoot Eli, but Harry says to him, you're, you're not going to do that. He's a kid, you're not going to do that. And then blah, 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 blah. Um, shoot. Yeah, endless talking, endless talking later. Eli escapes and runs off into the woods to get help. We never actually know where he is, do we? And Jamie taunts Harry to the point where Harry shoots him even though Jamie wasn't actually going to attack him. And Jamie is now dying on the floor and he's, you know, apologetic, he regrets. He's terrified. He doesn't yeah. want to die. He's but not a bad person. Pathetic. And he, just, he doesn't want Harry to leave him. And Harry holds his hand as he dies. And yes. Harry's very, he regrets what he's done. And Harry promises him, you won't be alone. And holds his hand and eventually he dies. It's all very emotional. Didn't have to end like that though. Could have just been arrested, job done. But unfortunately, no, because no. Jamie had got to experience all these things. He'd. Uh, oh yeah. I think it was trying to make us feel some kind of empathy or sympathy for Jamie, um, to see him suffering and to see him scared at the end, and he'd very fiercely protective over his own son and his wife. I, I didn't buy. It. I didn't feel sorry for him at all no I thought I didn't feel much for him at all as a character I can't say I did because he make Jamie makes a lot of weird decisions throughout the series including the way he talks to one of the students and tries to persuade her suddenly not to apply to college and he wants her to take a, a, a less traditional route at the life of non-conformity and gets himself very involved in that much the anger of her parents and I just I just didn't really like him for that. But well, I think I think we were supposed to think at one point he was going to kill her, the student as well, but um, he didn't. Oh no, he does he does meet up with her and before he says he's leaving town for a while because the school have seen him be arrested. 
and his job's been in jeopardy for a while anyway because of the way he's been acting. So, yeah. And the, and the series ends with Harry and Sonia together and Harry breaks down in tears because he's kind of traumatised by what happened and... I don't, know, I don't know how that's going to play into season four. I don't know if we're going to see this relationship with him and Sonia. I don't know how affected he's going to be from this investigation and whether that will have any impact on season well, four. But I'll make a guess. I'll say that she won't be in it at all. I'm guessing not. Standalone stories and also his inability to hold down any form of relationship. Like Even the relationship with his daughter is really strained and he's isolated himself anyway. But I'm, I'm curious because I think it's... It's grown tired, I, I think, season one and two, superb, but they need a decent, they need a decent antagonist for him to come up against, and this, this season three wasn't that, because season two was a young boy who'd killed his parents, as we thought, yeah. um, so that was, you know, pretty, I like that, it was quite dark and unexpected and especially after season one where a woman just brutally stabbed to death a complete stranger on a beach in front of in broad daylight in front of her own family and tens of other witnesses I thought okay that's I, I can get that but this one was oh, I, oh yeah Utterly ridiculous. I'll go back to that. It was a step too well. It was several steps too mm-hmm. far for me. But you, you, you liked it more than I did. Yeah, I still, I still liked it. I think it's a very good. I mean, I say series. The whole show, the whole show is good. It wasn't my favorite season by any means. I think season one for me has always been the favorite because of how dark it was. I think this was this was still dark to a point, but in the other two, in the previous two seasons everything made sense whereas in this season stuff just didn't make sense when that stuff in New York happened I couldn't understand how there were still episodes to go I didn't know where they'd go from that and it lost me a little bit but I still I still really enjoyed it I think it's a great standalone series and I would yeah I'd still recommend it for sure but season one was my favourite season by far um, I don't really know what else to say about it we've gone through it we've talked about the plot certainly have gone through it yeah well that's the whole point no stone left unturned okay yeah right oh okay well I'm, I'm no, it's, a bit, it's a bit it's a bit different talking about one thing but I think to talk about a season rather than just one film you do need a bit more a bit more time anyway yeah I, yeah it, it, it was good engaged for a period of time uh, I would recommend it I'd say go back and start at the beginning watch season one if you haven't yeah if you haven't watched season one well, if, if you haven't watched season, season three. one you shouldn't be listening to this <laughs> no this is true which you probably aren't in fairness no so no okay well that's it yeah back next week for a return more, to return to regular formatting yes right say goodbye Jen goodbye Jen Ciao.